Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. St. Matthew chapter number 26, subject that I am deeply moved by, and I hope it will touch you as it has touched me, uh, the subject of Jesus' prayer. It would do us all good to read and do a personal Bible study of the life of Jesus, and if you do that, you'll see that Jesus does something repetitively throughout his earthly life. We often see our Savior in prayer. He was uh, teaching others to pray, and we'll go through some of those scriptures here in just a minute. And uh, I want to look uh, this morning at the life of Jesus and his prayers that he prayed, and they are powerful, to say the least, to see the Son of God on bended knee. And I'll never forget what Roger Dunnigan taught me in prayer, even up to the time uh, that he was getting ready to make his crossing and go home. As we would pray together often, uh, he would say, Preacher, if I can, I want to get down on my knees and pray. I want to get humble before God and pray. And he did that. And we witnessed uh, God in his prayer life as he prayed prayers over our church and church family some that were answered immediately, and some that are yet to be answered. Isn't that amazing that prayer can do that? Uh, and I heard a preacher say this just last week in a message that I was listening to, that prayers are one of the only things that we can do as a Christian that's eternal. In other words, we pray them, God may not choose to answer them immediately, and He may look down through time and, and see a day that's coming and uh, in the future where that prayer will be answered and God will answer that prayer somewhere off in the eternity, uh, the eternity uh, present that's coming before us. And prayers are an awesome thing that we get to do uh, as a Christian. And if you're not plugged in in prayer, you must ask yourself, why, why can't I pray? What's missing in my prayer life that makes it hard for me to pray? Friend, I want to confess to you, I don't always feel like praying, but I want to do better. And I want you to ask yourself these simple questions as we learn from the scriptures today the pattern that Jesus sets. And those of you that study your Bible, you'll see that I've asked you to turn to a very, a very moving time in prayer in the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus is now in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's not his first time there. There's a hint in other places in the scripture where the Bible says that he was oftentimes found going thither. That means that he had been there before and he was praying oftentimes before on bended knee in this garden of Gethsemane. Can I remind you this morning that the battle that was lost for uh, sin in the garden of Eden is one in the Garden of Gethsemane. In other words, our redemption, our payment for sin, of him drinking that cup begins right here, and it's by and through prayer. I said this last Sunday, and I want to say it again. The church was born in a prayer meeting. Why don't we pray enough 
together as God's people. Why is there not a desire in us to pray with other believers? Why do we neglect this awesome privilege that God has given us? And I say to you as a church that prayer is important. Before that uh, I get too deep in this subject, let me read uh, the first few verses that we intend to, to, to go through today. And we'll begin in verse 36. I want you to see what's going on in our Savior as he is now going into the, one of the most awesome prayers that I believe are prayed in all of the Bible. Verse 36, the Bible says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. That's a beautiful name, Gethsemane. And saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here. While I go and pray yonder. Sometimes you just can't pray with other people. I don't know any other way to say it. We're called to pray with others. We should pray with others when the time is right. But more often than not, your prayers are going to be heard in silent prayer. Away from others. And Jesus does in fact invite three others to go pray with him, and we'll read them in, in verse number 37. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of, of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. So his countenance was changing in prayer. And if your countenance does not change in prayer, you've never prayed. You, you'll be changed from the inside out when you're really in tune with God. And then in verse number 38, I'm going to stop there. Uh, no, I'm, let me read two more verses, then we'll stop with that. In verse 38 it says, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying... Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Jesus in action, praying to his heavenly Father, communing with him and talking to him about what he was feeling, what he was experiencing in his own journey on this earth. And if Jesus could do that, shouldn't we? Jesus called these men away for a special time of prayer, a unique time of prayer. And if Jesus called the disciples to pray, shouldn't we? An invitation from the Lord himself to go and pray. And I want to say the Lord gives the best invitations, doesn't he? His invitation to come and he compels us to come and pray. But I love the words that are in this text this morning. Later on in scriptures, Throughout the Word of God, through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and even John, the Bible gives us a reference where that Jesus went just a little farther in prayer. That means that he got away from everybody and everything, no hindrances, nothing to bother him, and there he prayed. Let's study for just a minute about the prayers of Jesus Christ. And before I talk to you about these prayers, there are two verses that I want you to remember. If you've got a pen or a pencil, you can write them down or turn there if you can find them quickly. The Bible says in Hebrews 7 and 25 that he ever liveth 
to make intercession for them. Who, the them is you. That's me. He's making intercession for us today. And I am thankful and it gives me great strength and peace today to think about our Savior sitting at the throne of heaven today and he's making intercession for you. What does that mean? That means when you don't know how to think right, when you don't know how to act right at times spiritually before God, he's making intercession for you. When you're being tempted, when a temptation has come your way and it's bigger than you can bear by yourself, the, the Lord himself is making intercession for you. And friend, that is his heavenly, kingly, and priestly work over the child of God and over the church. And we ought to stop today and bow our heads and thank God that we've got an intercessor. Somebody that's speaking on our behalf. You know what uh, the Lord is doing right now in this service? He's praying. He's praying and lifting you up before his heavenly Father. And he's looking at you in your heart if you've been saved. And he's saying, that is my child. That is my son. That is my daughter. They hurt today. And he's taking your, your emotional feeling, your spiritual feelings of where you're at before God. And he's taking you before his heavenly Father in a prayer service that has never ended since he left uh, this earth and went away to sit on his throne in heaven. Isn't that amazing? People may ask, what is Jesus doing? He's interceding. That's what he's doing. On your behalf, when you feel like you can't go any farther, when you feel like throwing in the towel and giving up, we have a great intercessor in heaven who is praying for you and for me. And by the way, I love this in the scriptures when Jesus told Simon Peter that his faith fell not because he prayed for him. If Peter was prayed for, don't you know he's going to pray for you? One of the most awesome prayers that I see in the Word of God comes to us in the book of John, chapter number 17, this great prayer, the longest recorded prayer that Jesus prayed. And in that prayer, the Lord prays for the disciples, and he prays for the church, the future church, and then he breaks it down to this, and I love it when Jesus says, Blessed are they, blessed are they who have not seen me with their eyes, but they've heard with their ears and by faith faith they believe and listen friend that is you and that is me no man has seen the father we've never seen Jesus but by faith we believe and he's interceding for you here this morning let me call your attention to another special verse that I believe that you need this morning in 1st John chapter number 2 verse number 1 commit this to memory it will help you as a Christian to realize this is what you have this is what I have in Jesus Christ. He gives us this awesome gift today. He says we have an advocate. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Let me explain this word advocate before we get into the special prayer life of Jesus. An advocate is somebody who is like a mediator. It's like this. Uh, we have someone very special in our service who's under, under the weather today that's not here, Ms. Uh, Patricia Jarvis, who's a, a social worker 
here in our county, in our district, and these families come to her, uh, and they, uh, she, she evaluates whether or not a mom or a dad is doing right, and she can go before that judge, and she can make a, a judgment call one way or the other. This daddy's not shown up. This mother's not being a good mother, uh, and that's what the Savior is doing for us. Uh, he's, he's looking at our life, and he's advocating on our behalf unto God the things that you and I need. Now, isn't that amazing? I've got an advocate here this morning. When nobody understands me, God does. When nobody knows how to put up, uh, put up with my uh, faults and failures, God does. God looks at me and he advocates on my behalf, bringing my needs before the heavenly Father, giving us the gift of a mediator to speak on our behalf. If we got what we deserved, I feel God today, if we got what we deserved, every single one of us would be on our way to hell. If we got what we deserved, every single one of us would be out of church and away from the peace and the presence of God. But God in his faithfulness has given us a mediator Christ Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he mediates on my behalf and yours as well. And listen, his interest today is in the church. It's in the church. And I don't care what you're feeling on the inside. I was with a family just yesterday and I took them before God, praying to God on their behalf. His family hurt because of a passing of a loved one. There's no pain in life like the pain of grief when somebody is taken from our life suddenly. Or, or well, If you love them, it's going to hurt. But I am thankful to God in heaven. He feels what we feel. He, feels, he sees what we see. And he advocates. He mediates. He is an intercessor for us today as a believer. And we have that gift. You have that gift. And no matter what you feel, no matter what you're going through, Christ is going to advocate for you. So we've got these two things that we now know in the word of God that, that God is doing on our behalf. So why shouldn't we pray? Let's look at a place. Uh, as I've preached already a little bit about John's gospel, chapter number 17. You don't have to turn, but I, wanna, I just want to say a few words about this awesome prayer that Jesus prayed. Let's, let's, let's step back just a minute from John 17 and look what's going on. Jesus is now at the end of his three and a half year ministry. He's coming down to the close of his time with these uh, precious disciples that he has called one by one to follow. And these men are getting ready to be left alone. What do you mean? Jesus is getting ready to be taken away from them. They're not going to be seeing him in his, in his uh, power in prayer. They're not going to see him. But Jesus says, I have prayed for them, Heavenly Father. I have taken them out of the world, and they have believed me. They've seen me, and they know me, and these are mine. And I have prayed for them personally, and they belong to me, O God. And just as he prayed for them right now, he's praying for you. You're not of this world. You don't belong in this world. This place that you and I live is just temporary. For us as children of God, the pains, the aches, the despair, the heartache that you're feeling is only temporary. And somebody ought to lift both hands to heaven. As I said, that you're not going to be this way forever. But Jesus Christ is mediating for them and he takes their needs. And listen, this is what he says to his heavenly father. In bended knee on prayer, he says, God, because they belong to me and I'm praying for them, 
I'm going to give them another gift. Even before the foundation of the world, this was God's eternal plan. As he says, I'm going to give them the gift of comfort. What is he talking about? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Can I, is it just me? Or does the Holy Spirit sometimes for no reason at all just overwhelm you with his love and comfort? I mean, you're just going through life and you've, you've had a hard time and a hard day and you need somebody to give you a little pick-me-up and you pick up the Bible and you open the Word of God and there you are alone and out of nowhere that spirit of, of the peace and the presence of God comes to you and He blesses you and He shows you that you're one of His children and that's just how good God is. He gives us the blessedness of His comfort and don't you know it was a great, a great sense of joy and peace over the apostles as they were in that upper room when the comforter came in in that prayer service on bended knee. And there they were praying to God for help and for strength. Listen. You may see it another way, but these men were up in that room. They weren't, they weren't up there for everybody to know about. They were up there hiding. They were praying uh, in fear because Jesus had rose from the grave and people were angry. Jesus is now away from them. The 40-day period was gone and they're up in this upper room praying. And out of nowhere, that spirit and that promise comes. Can I say this just because I love the Savior today? He is a perfect gentleman. He never. Now you may not follow up with your word. You may not say the right things in the right spirit at the right time. But he always does. Amen. And he always comes through with what he says. And he's a perfect savior. And you can trust him with your life. In the Bible, in John chapter 17, I encourage you to go home and read it. How about this one? Luke chapter number 11. Jesus gives us... Uh, a lot of people confuse this chapter with uh, the chapter of, of, the, of the Lord's Prayer. In most Bibles, the subheading calls it the Lord's Prayer, but it's not the Lord's Prayer. Chapter 17 of John is actually the Lord's Prayer. But chapter 11 in the book of, of Luke is the prayer of, of, of example for you and I of how we should pray. And I have tried this and I have practiced this. I've got a place where I love to pray at the farm Got a little bench that I sit on and I, and I get a Bible and I found for me something that helps me and softens my heart to be able to pray is to read first, to read first and then pray. Some may swap that and do it other ways. Some preachers do it different. But often I've got this text and what does it say? As his disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us. If somebody's got a teachable spirit, they're on breaking ground for prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. And there Jesus says, our Father. And I can never get past verse number one because I get so overwhelmed. What Jesus says, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You can't pray right until you know where your Father's at. And he's in heaven and we've read now 1 John and we've read in Hebrews 7 where that Jesus is praying on our behalf and Jesus is interceding, advocating, mediating for us. And you can't pray unless you know where your heavenly Father's at. And he says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he is great, hallowed, and holy. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors, our debts as we forgive our debtors rather. And I love, I love how the Lord sees the simple things that you and I need. If you're a child of God, ask yourself this question. When has God ever let you do without? Never. Never. We eat like kings today. We're going to have a feast tonight that's going to be so great and so wonderful uh, that I, I, I'm so excited about it that I, I can't hardly stand it. I mean, I, I love to, to fellowship with you all. We have a great time working up everything, a great time of fellowship and food. And by the way, if you've never been to this, and when you want to find out how redneck that person is sitting next to you, you come out tonight. I mean, everything just gets thrown out the window. But we have a great time. But to think about God and His providence every single day giving us food to eat, clothes on our back, roof over our head, and we can go and, 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 and live in a, in a country where that we're still able to pray and pray together without fear or favor of man. And I'll tell you, God is good. God is good to us. And Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. And he's given it to us. And I just want to thank him and praise him. I've got to quickly hurry in John chapter number 14. I love this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Isn't that a comfort to have? But listen, in chapter 14 and verse 17, the Bible says, Jesus says this to you. And he said, I will pray the Father. I'm going to pray the Father. And here lately when I pray, I found myself repetitively saying, Lord Jesus, God in heaven. And that's where he is. He is Lord Jesus. He's God in heaven. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father for you. For you. I've gone to some people in my day, and I'll never forget this, I was so moved that the Holy Spirit, when I was a, a young boy, we had gone to the funeral home, and I wasn't right with God, and I knew it. I wasn't maybe 12 or 13 years of age. And it wasn't that I was doing anything wrong. I wasn't out of church. I just wasn't where I needed to be spiritually with God. Anybody ever been there? And uh, we walked by that corpse, and there I saw it, and that reality of knowing that it could be me laying there. It could be me. Touched me to my core. And I reached out to one of my grandparents, my grandfather, and I reached out and I said, I'm having a hard time. Will you help me? God gives us others that we can lean on in prayer. And I tell you what, just to have somebody else to pray for you when you can't means so much. And what did the old preachers used to say? He said, there, there will come a day in your life and in my life where you cannot pray for yourself. You may get down physically where you cannot go. And you can ask any of these pastors this that are sitting here this morning. The importance of, of hospital visits and going to stand over somebody in their time of grief and their need when they cannot say those prayers for themselves and you interceding on their behalf and taking their needs to God and praying over them is so valuable and so important. You pray over that individual and you love on them and give them the extra encouragement that they need. And God always gives a little extra in those times. And I love to do that.
I really do. I love to practice that with our church and other people in our community. If you want to work to do and you say, I don't know what to do for God, go hospital visit. Get you a list of people that you know of that's, that's going through a hard time and you just pray with them over the phone. Or you get somebody in your heart and you go to them and you say, God's laid you on my heart and I don't have to know what's going on, what's in your life, but can I pray for you? Let's pray together. And listen, friend, I don't care what they're going through. It'll help. Jesus taught us to pray. And then I want to say this this morning. Uh, as we've now looked at... Uh, three places in the Bible where that Jesus has, has taught us to pray and his example of prayer. I want to say this and then we'll close. It's a privilege to pray. It is an absolute privilege to pray. And if you don't practice that, you're not right with God. Pray. Find some alone time. What Jesus gave us the example, he said, go to your closet. I'll never forget, I came home early from work one day when our kids were little and um, the kids were at the door and, and Shelly had locked herself in the bathroom. And there's, I walked in and I, I believe she had a, a Bible with her and she just, kids were just pounding on the door trying to get in and she had just, she was trying to get to God. Do you know you can get so busy in life and so hectic in life that you forget to pray? You forget to get along with God in prayer. And God help us. God help me because I am there. Sometimes I get so busy that I just, I, you have to make time to pray. You have to make time to get alone to pray with God and find that alone time and that, and that closet to get in and just pray and say, Lord, I've neglected you and I'm sorry for that, but God, I'm here now. And I'll tell you, a short prayer is better than no praying at all. A short prayer is better than no praying at all. And I've heard these boys in the church say, I do my best praying in a deer stand. Well, why hadn't he given me a deer stand yet? I don't got one. I can shoot one from the window of my truck just as good as anybody else can at the chicken house. And by the way, it tastes just the same as yours does. We pray when we get along with God. We need to pray. It is a privilege of prayer. And you're never going to make headway in your prayer life until you realize that it's a privilege to get in touch with God. And not only is it a privilege to pray... There's power in prayer. Oh, friend, the power of God's Word, and you line it up with a prayer, your prayer life of bringing them together. There's nothing like it. It's a privilege to pray, and there's power in prayer. Then He promises us that He's going to listen when we pray. He's going to listen. And I've never figured this out about God. Why? He doesn't answer when I think that He ought to, but He's a God of of sovereignty, he sees all and he knows all, does he not? He understands the beginning from the end. And some of you have been praying for things for a long, long time and your prayer has still not been answered, but don't give up because there's power in prayer and he promises to answer our prayers. Um, I want to say this today in closing. I feel the touch of God in this service and I want to thank you for your patience. But right now, until we get to heaven, our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, has been in one long prayer service 
praying for you and praying for me. And when we get on bended knee, and it's, and it's not that Jesus is on a tear down here and God is up there, but God has chosen before the foundation of the world. They're one. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they are one. Unified. But God has allowed His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be down just a little bit lower. And I didn't even get to my text today in the Garden of Gethsemane. Forgive me, I just didn't have time. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus goes down to pray. And there He's praying. It wasn't the final prayer that He would pray uh, in a body of flesh, but it was in that time when the battle was won, the decision was made, in his mind to follow through, to go and drink from that cup. People have asked me what was in that cup. I'm going to tell you what was in that cup. It was your sin. It was my sin. It was in that cup. Now picture with me in your mind the Savior who had never sinned. Perfect. He'd never thought a bad thought. He had never stolen, never cheated. He had never cursed against his neighbor. He had never used money for filthy lucre's sake. He had never done anything wrong. And now our Savior is standing eyeball to eyeball with all the sins that you had committed and all the sins that I had committed. There he looks at his heavenly Father in heaven and he says, is there not some other way? That's what he was saying and that's what he was praying. Death was in that cup. And he drinks of that cup willingly as he takes the sins of all the world there in the garden of Gethsemane and he puts that in his body. And he goes all the way to Calvary in the last prayer that Jesus prayed in a, in a fleshly body. He says, Father, think about this. The last prayer that Jesus prayed was a prayer over the whole world. It wasn't just those Jews there that had slain our Lord Jesus Christ. The last prayer that he prayed, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia.